Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the My Life is Better Knowing They Existed edition. Oh. Yeah. What is it? Ah. <laughs> what is it? Today is episode 099. We need to talk about these people's lives. Mm. It's just as vague. It's just as still... <laughs> What? Yes, I know. I know. It's extremely vague, this okay. title. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the once more specific shit, Marissa Riley. It's me. <laughs> I need details, man. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, we're going to get to it. Okay. And it's so exciting. Today is so goddamn exciting. Before we before we get into it, uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, and I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. She still doesn't. All right, let's get into it. Okay. Okay, so today we're going to chat about two people you may have never heard of before, but after this episode, you'll be texting your friends and hopefully telling your coworkers about, first, Joseph Pujol, the early 20th century artist who became one of the highest paid acts at the Moulin Rouge because he could inhale vast volumes of water through his anus and fart a tune. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, I mean, right? That's more talent than I have. Ah, well, <laughs> I am not gonna lie. I, I've never put my body to the that kind of test before. Wild, yeah. absolutely wild. That that we'll, only yeah. happens on accident <laughs> in my department. Uh, we will definitely get into all of that. But before we move on to the next person featured in this episode. We need to thank another colossal human and member of the flock, Lauren Nayert, again. Fuck yeah, Lauren. Lauren, who's been killing it lately. Yes! Lauren's been DMing us articles galore, and we cannot say thank you enough. Dude, thank you so much. You're like our hero, Fucking, and I, I, I we owe you a margarita. <laughs> I can't even. Lauren, thank you for bringing this man's ass to our attention. Yes. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, So in the second half of the show, well, I bet you've heard of a little film called The Exorcist. I believe it or not, I have. (laughs) (laughs) So that movie was based on a book by author William Peter Blatty. Okay. And that book was inspired by a boy. Okay. Who grew up to work at, you guessed it, NASA. Oh my God. I... (laughs) Like, the directions some people's lives take, like, woo, like, fun fact, when I was in, um, where was, where, kindergarten? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting kindergarten. Okay, okay. Oh, it's, it gets sad before it gets oh, no. um, more sad. Uh, <laughs> so I would get, like, full-blown beat up oh. by a guy named Will Thomas. Real name, <laughs> Will Thomas. Thomas, full-blown beat me up because I had yeah. short hair, and that was it. And I'm not sure why else. Will some, Thomas? Will that, Thomas. You know, you rearrange those letters, it spells cunt. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> okay, guess where he works now. I've looked him up. I here. swear to God, if he works at your company. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if he worked at my day job? And I had to... That, <laughs> that would be a great excuse not to go back to the office. Like, I have to stay at home 
Will Thomas might beat me up on the playground, the part of the playground that no one can see. That's how I learned what getting winded was. Jesus Christ. Guess, okay, one more guess, and then I'll tell you where he works. Um, is it... Uh, is it some? Is it pop culture related? It's the ACLU. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Will Whoa. Thomas. If you are listening, you're not because apparently you're helping people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is a turn. Isn't that wild? Wow. He saw the light. He saw. <laughs> wow. He saw the light a little too late. Yeah. Um, I would have appreciated. How old was he when he? <laughs> Dude, we were like six or seven. Okay. You were the same age. Okay. Yeah, we were the same. I mean, that was the only. Th- yeah. yeah, we were okay. even. In that I was department. worried. <laughs> and then he he brought it up oh. later in our because we went to school for years, and he would say like, "Remember that time that I would beat you up all the time?" Oh my god! So he would after the physical stuff, he would bring it up in class all the time. Wow. So if you work at the ACLU and you sit next to Will Thomas, try to sit somewhere else. Holy he shit. He will make you feel bad about yourself. We can go back to the podcast now. Don't worry, I have a therapist. Everything's fine now. And wow. I have a girlfriend. Things are great. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That is a... Isn't that wild? Wild story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Let's this talk about guy. this guy. Uh, yeah, his ass. His yeah. asshole. A very yeah. important asshole. Yeah. And an, another another asshole, but a good asshole. I, I love a good asshole. <laughs> this is That's a, vital. This is the best asshole. Yes. Ah, all right. So let's begin with this asshole, uh, Monsieur Pujol. Oh. All right. Now, to do so, we need to gas up, uh, no pun intended, we need to gas <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a lot of puns. So many. I feel it. Ah, uh, no. To do so, we need to gas up our Wayback Machine and head on over to 1867. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's actually yeah, like a little bit ago. That is a little bit ago. Uh, but good news, we are in the south of France. And even better news, we're at the beach. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, the south of France at yes. the beach. Yes. Uh, before vaccines. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it evens out. So, uh, it was here a young schoolboy about the age of 10 was at least waist deep in the surf uh, when he decided to dive in. Nice. Now he bent over, took a deep breath, and Dr. Marissa, please tell us what happened next. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm so excited. All right, from the book Caesar's Last Breath, okay, <laughs> by Sam Keen, quote, he felt an icicle of cold stabbing him from the inside. Uh, with growing horror, he realized he'd somehow inhaled a butt full of water. The water, this is a wonder, the best thing I've ever read. Uh, the water gushed out of his rectum a moment later and he felt fine. Mm-hmm. Still, in italics, <laughs> still. He ran to the family doctor who chuckled and told him to forget about it. But the boy couldn't. I couldn't either. He refused to go swimming anymore and he never breathed a word of the incident until his early 20s. End quote. This is a whole other kind of trauma. Yes. This is is. a whole, we're we're just really digging deep into the trauma going Mm. right up the butt. (laughs) That's right. It's trauma from both ends today. There you go. 
So my friends, like many of us, uh, Joseph buried his childhood deep and uh, only chose. <laughs> sorry. And only chose to bring it up. Bring sorry. And only chose to bring up the gift that made him a weird genius when attempting to impress his buddies years later. Oh. Huddled together in some barracks belonging to the French army, young soldier Joseph recounted his beach day to his soldier friends. I'm glad he told someone. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad he told yeah. someone. That's all. That's right. Now, now this was the mid. 1800s but people are still people yeah. and these 20 year old guys were like prove it yeah i'm not <laughs> so, gonna lie i even though i am like a lady well <laughs> I, w- I would if someone told me that story i'd be like yeah i'm gonna have to see that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to see this right photos or it didn't happen <laughs> yes! so so joseph did what any rational person would do when on leave from the army he headed back to the beach to practice I okay all right everyone's laughing about this right now but the commitment you guys commitment to what sounds like will be his art yes oh yeah we will get into it art art making art out of something that I'm still embarrassed to do in front of my partner of four years (laughs) it's fine we'll be okay oh yeah we'll get into it so um yeah he went back to the beach and practiced Uh, He eventually became so adept at sucking in water with his ass, he was able to carry up to two liters. How did he measure that? Did he? (laughs) I'm like, that's a specific. That was on his alone time. Okay, cool. He didn't stop there. If you could inhale water, air shouldn't shouldn't be a problem, right? Mm, I guess not. This this is what Joseph worked on next. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you please do the honors and help me tell the beautiful people out there how all of this even worked and uh, where this ability took him. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, 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 we have to. I, <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. Take it away. Freaking out. All right. From Caesar's last breath, quote, he bent over, then plugged his nose and mouth and contracted his diaphragm, which expanded the volume of his abdomen. Volume and pressure are intimately related as one rises the other falls. That's right. So expanding his abdomen lowered the pressure inside it, creating a partial vacuum. Normally when the diaphragm does this, air rushes in and fills our lungs. But because Pujol had bent over and plugged his mouth, air rushed in through the outdoor instead. Best of all, after inhaling the air, Pujol ripped loose the most epic fart of his life. He was thrilled and ran off to show his fellow soldiers. I love that. That's so great. <laughs> um, continuing the most beautiful story I've ever heard. <laughs> Pujol, Pujol spent the next several years perfecting this uh, in quotes, skill, but I don't think it needs to be in quotes. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, until he could fart without interruption for 10 to 15 seconds. That's yeah. so impressive. He found he could vary the pitch and volume of his farts as well, playing them like musical notes. He'd always been a theatrical boy, constantly <laughs> singing and dancing. He was and, extra, really? <laughs> wow, I didn't suspect that at all. And after he honed his repertoire in the barracks, he grew a mustache and hit the road with his acts in the mid-1880s, end quote. I like how to seal this deal, he needed yeah. a mustache. Oh, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. also while you were describing uh, the bit with the diaphragm, I absolutely tried and that is not what my body does 
I just get kind of lightheaded. I oh. tried covering my mouth and holding my... Oh, is that why you were quiet? Yes! <laughs> I wasn't looking That's at why you. I didn't tell another personal anecdote about getting bullied. Is because I was chewing it and then nothing happened. Because you, you almost passed out. Because I almost passed out. What if I had passed out uh, while recording? Would you the continue? The show must go on. <laughs> That's okay. You can continue. finish the recording and then you can call the ambulance. Oh my God. So with that mustache, Joseph was ready at both ends. And Amazing. my friends. <laughs> did you come up with that? I did. That's really good. I'm... <laughs> Thanks. Good job. She's, pat- she's literally patting really me on the back. Really good job. Well done. I appreciate <laughs> so, it. My friends, by the mid-1880s, he had successfully metamorphosized into the artist he was meant to be. Yes. My friends, may I introduce you to the man now known as Le Petomane, or in English, the Fardomania. I love this <laughs> so much. Oh, my God. Uh, like, any, like any confident white man, yeah. Joe dreamed big and yes. went straight to the most popular entertainment venue in the world at the time, Le Moulin Rouge. Yes. Now. On an evening in 1892, Joe landed his opportunity. He landed a short, he landed a short audition <laughs> in front of the director himself, Charles Zidler. Ah! Now, when Charles asked what specialty Joe had that was just, just so extraordinary, Joe had to meet him personally. Joe answered, "Quote: Well, you see, Monsieur." I have an anus like a suction device. <laughs> Amazing. That is just it. I don't think I'll ever have the confidence to say that. Maybe I'll try it later. Uh, you know, it's beautiful. If I wasn't looking for a job, I would totally say this in a job interview. <laughs> right? Just give it a shot. See what happens. See what happens. If you I just feel like blow it, just do it. Look, I, you have two things. They're going to ask you to leave or they're going to make you the CEO. That's of Google. Like, it's going to happen. It's, I, trust me, everyone go try it. Yeah. Uh, or don't. We all need uh, money and health insurance and rent and stuff. Okay, don't. Oh, yeah. I definitely believe that the CEO of Google can do this. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, so where was I? Oh, yes. Okay. So, uh, continuing the quote. In other words, my anus is so stretchy that I can open and close it at will, end quote. As reported by the book Le Pentomaine by Jean Nohan and F. Karadek. Mm. Oh. Check it out. So, completely intrigued, Zidler fetched for a large basin of water for Le Pentomaine to uh, inhale, yes. if you will. Yeah. Pujol, of course, came prepared for this challenge, having cut a hole in his underwear. That was my next question. I was like, do we see full butt mm. while he's doing this? Does he keep it in his pants in some way, shape, or form? He is clothed, and we'll see a little video. Okay. Oh, I gave it away. Oh! <laughs> oh! I am thrilled. Uh, so... Uh, yes, he fetched for a large basin of water. He had to cut a hole in his underwear. And as though he'd been doing this for years, which he had, Joe quickly sucked the water out of the tub and released it right back. Amazing. Now, to say Zidler was shocked and impressed is an understatement. But this audition gets even better. I had a feeling it would. <laughs> Pujol admitted these intakes of water basically acted like an enema. So now he's squeaky clean. And because of this, his act has a second part, farting at will, in tune, and best of all, his songs are odorless, so. Oh. Yeah. I didn't, odorless I didn't farts. even think about that. Odorless yeah. farts. All right, in so tune. we're all going to go home and try this. 
we're all going to quietly try this and then never tell anyone. Yeah. Um, Unless uh, DM us. DM us <laughs> if it works out. Also, I would love to see Gen Z, like, with the videos and stuff. Uh, they're all yeah. dancing and, like, it's telling the same jokes over and over again. Challenge yourself. Yeah. Uh, children. <laughs> Jesus. Put, squirt, squirt something out of your butt. You know, I think that's what Oli fans is for. Never mind. Yes, <laughs> so I'm sure there's there's got to be somebody. There's got to be a butt squirter. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting that's, search word. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my god, I lost my place. Hold it's on. okay. <laughs> okay, so. Zidler hired him on the spot, and Joe started that evening. Amazing. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, how did the public react to all of this? Did they love it? And what else? Yes, what else did Pujol add add to his act? There's more? Yes. He's a triple threat? I can't wait. (laughs) All right, from weirdhistorian.com. Sounds like an awesome website. Uh, Quote, Pujol inserted a yard-long rubber tube into his behind and attached a cigarette to the other end, which he smoked by contracting his anus muscles to draw smoke in and blow it out. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) After extinguishing the cigarette, the maestro transformed himself into a flagellant flutist mm-hmm. he was then able to play such tunes as le roi dagobet Ooh. and la marseillaise end quote um <laughs> sorry we have a little bit more of the quote to go i really have never taken french um it doesn't matter it's okay um <laughs> Uh, to round out his rectal repertoire uh, and to end his show in dramatic fashion, Pujol uh, demonstrated his true posterior lung by blowing out a candle from a foot away mm. and then extinguishing the gas foot, foot, uh, footlights of the stage one by one. End quote. I, I really want to go see this. I... <laughs> I would do this. I would get dressed up for this. People did. Yeah. People fucking did. My friends, it should it should come as no surprise. This show raked in 20,000 francs a night. Nice. And made Pujol the highest paid entertainer in France. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. And believe it or not, there's actually surviving footage of yes. Lipetomaine performing on stage now, this is from the 1900s. Uh, oh, this is actually from 1900, sorry. So there's no sound, unfortunately. That's okay. Yeah. I, I have an imagination. <laughs> um. <laughs> but we do see Joe during one act seemingly playing to the audience. So I assume you'd like to see it, Dr. Oh, Marissa? more than anything else in the world. All right, now please tell us what he's doing. And if any member of the flock would like to watch along, fire up your YouTube and search Les Petomaines du Moulin Rouge by... Edison. That's right. Wow. The Edison. That Edison, Edison was like, of all the things I can film with this brand new thing, <laughs> with this camera. Farts. It's farts. Yep. Yes. People don't change. Yes. People don't We're change. all the same. <laughs> that's right. So that's how famous Pujol became. Thomas fucking Edison wanted to record his ass. So <laughs> those were the words I just said. You know, whoever said fart jokes aren't funny or um, good. Yeah. Um, can can go to hell. So. 
We can go to hell and watch this video. Yes, okay, please. Dr. Marissa, I'm pulling up Lipidomain. Oh my gosh. Okay. It is old. It is old. There's a little title card. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they inserted it, but it it's actually a, it looks like Helvetica of all I things. Know. And uh, just says Lipidomain theater. Uh, something, something, it's something. It's kind of hard to see because it's a little overexposed. But you can see copyright night. 1900? Yeah. Wow! And then the Edison Manufacturing Company. It's at the very bottom. Wow. All right, here we go. We're hitting play. Okay. Oh, here he is. Okay, pause. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> I will have some screenshots on our social media stuffs. Uh, if you can't, for some god-awful reason, if you can't watch this, I don't know what you're doing. That's more important. Yeah. But take the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like 30 seconds. Okay, so I see a gentleman in a tux with coattails, and he's got white gloves and the, the little mustache that you see oh. at bars in Brooklyn. And, um, okay, so he's leaning over, and, and he's about to put his butt in the direction of what looks like a big, um, what's the thing that you use to get water into a bottle? Oh, yeah, it looks like... Like a cone. Like a cone. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to think of the word tomorrow at 2 p.m. <laughs> but, yes, he's he's about to fart into a cone. All right, here we go. And he's he's bending over, and it looks like as though he's about to announce a fart. Yes. So does he do it? Okay, so he's bending over. There you go. Something happened. So we can't so hear it, but... We can't hear it, but <laughs> he, he's making hand gestures that... Um, Say he did yeah. something. I like how he sl- lifted his leg just slight, slightly. Yes. That was pretty, that was a nice touch. Like an old dog going to the bathroom. That's <laughs> yes. what's going yeah. on. Yes. Very elegant. Yeah. All right. So he's doing some hand gestures. He's like, okay, wait a second. Oh, oh wait a second. I'm going to give you something awesome. He's doing some pointing. He's, he's putting his butt in the thing again and then making some more hand gestures. And then um, he's making like a listen hand gesture. He put up his coattails and did it again. Okay, so if you watch this, I promise it it makes sense. Yeah. What I recommend is watching this and making your own fart sounds. Yeah. Um, I do that with all kinds of films that are not fart related. It's fun. <laughs> you can do it for free. And so, yeah. She, she does. I can confirm. But yeah, he uh, is playing to the audience. He, lots of wild hand gesturing. Um, very elegant. Very He's very elegant. elegant. He's very He's rehearsed. Dressed, dressed to the fucking nines. Dressed to the fucking nines. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. I feel like if he was a ghost, he would be a fun haunt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I really hope he's farting, still farting to this day at the Moulin Rouge. I really, I really hope, hope so. so. If you've seen that, please DM us. Yes. Or if you want to see that, please DM us. Oh I can't do anything about it, but... If I do one ghost adventure situation... It's, it would be looking for this guy. Yeah. I, I want to get like an, uh, like a, what do you call it? The uh, EM, EMF? EMF? Oh, EMF? <laughs> EMF of yes. one of his farts. Ghost encounters. We need all the shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know what you're thinking. With all this fame. Oh, sorry. Oh, ah, okay, I'm back in my notes. Sorry yes. about that. Delete, delete. So I know what you're thinking. With all this fame and fancy suits, did Pujol fart too close to the sun? Oh. I know. Well... What goes up must come down at some point. I know. From Caesar's last breath. Quote, After a few glorious years at the Moulin Rouge, Le Petomain got into some legal skirmishes with the owner. You know it happens. Mm -hmm. First, he got caught uh, crooning at a gingerbread stall in the marketplace, trying to attract business for a friend. What? Yeah. 
After this, the owner sued him for breach of con. <laughs> Sorry. After this, the owner sued him for breach of contract, arguing that Petomaine was uh, allowed to fart only inside the club. So he was doing a little show to help his friends yeah. sell gingerbread. That's pretty nice. Pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and the he owner, got in trouble. Yeah, and the owner acted like a club owner. You know what a <laughs> so, dick. Uh, the Fartiste eventually quit and founded his own club, which prompted more legal wrangling. Oh, God. Especially when the Moulin Rouge owner found a female fartomaniac to replace him. Oh, End quote. Ah, oh, ouch. Wow. I know. I know what you're thinking, though. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Someone else can do this? Uh, please tell us, Dr. Marissa, what, what's going on here? I would freaking love to talk about this. All right. From Caesars. Uh, quote, turns out... She was a fraud. She had a bellows or a device with an airbag that emits a stream of air when squeezed together with two hands hidden, 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 oh, with two handles hidden beneath her petticoat. Uh, What a, (laughs) what a dick. Uh, Lepetomane had actually stripped naked before several doctors and undergone an examination early in his career when people accused him of the same thing. End quote. You know mm-hmm. what? She sucks. Sucks. It sucks. And, and the, the fucking, the owner of the club sucks. The owner of the Son club of a sucks. A lot of, of people a... suck, except for <laughs> Le Petomaine. <laughs> so, so for 20 years, Joe toured Europe, making a pretty decent living as the fartomaniac on his own until 1914. World War I. Oh. I know. War. War. Fucking war. What a bummer. Fucking war. So two of his sons had been maimed on the front lines. Jeez. And honestly, after an entire generation had been exposed to the horrors of chemical warfare, gas-based comedy kind of fell out of fashion. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's not the same. Yeah. So Joe stepped down as Le Petomaine and did the most French thing ever. He opened a bakery. I love that. <laughs> Oh, it's, I, I feel like, and I know this isn't true, is it, I just assume that's how French people retire, you yeah. know? They just bake. They just bake. They just fucking Again, bake. I realize that's a stereotype and that's not what's happening. But if it is what's happening, please DM us. Oh, Lord. And let me know. Beautiful. Yeah. Be- beautiful life cycle. Beautiful. French. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, Y'all are doing great. So he baked until the ripe old age of 88 when he passed. Oh. No pun intended. <laughs> Uh, in his sleep in 1945. Dude, that's a great life. Yeah. Other than the sons getting maimed. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, yeah. But, but other than that, that's a pretty awesome a comedy career, yeah. a bakery, uh, dying in your sleep at 88. That's fucking sweet, man. It's fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could hear him now. Just. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's amazing. That's his uh, well done. candle blowing out. <laughs> so, I, I mean that as a metaphor for yes. death. Okay, course, tell me yes, more. Yes, okay. yes, yes. We all know the song. Yes. It, um, Elton John. There it is. Never knowing. Okay, I'm not going to sing it. So, that is the story of Monsieur Pujol's talented anus. Yes. And after the break. Yes. The power of Christ compels you. Oh, it does. To stay tuned. Yes. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, during the break, we took another trip back in time. 
Oh, that's right. It is August 1949. That's, I mean, that's a minute ago. It's a minute. It's a little little while ago. (laughs) And and because it's 1949, newspapers cost around a nickel. Oh my God, newspapers though. (laughs) There are people listening being like, what is a newspaper? What is a nickel? (laughs) So if you had yourself a shiny quarter, boy, howdy, you could have... Four local or national papers delivered to your door. So let's have a look through a few of them. What do you say? Let's fucking do it. All right. Now, Dr. Marissa, why don't you start us off? Please read to us, maybe in your best old-timey voice, what's been happening to a teen boy living in Cottage City, Maryland? I would love to try an accent and then quit (laughs) immediately. Um, From strangemag.com's report... On uh, August 1949, Washington Post article, Pastor Tells Eerie Tale of Haunted Boy, quote, uh, written in almost, I hate myself, (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) Okay, uh, written in an almost tongue-in-cheek style by reporter Bill Brinkley, the piece tells an out-of-this-world story of a local 13-year-old boy. The story came to light when an unnamed minister gave a speech before a local meeting of the Society of Parapsychology Parapsychology at the Mount Pleasant Library in Washington, D.C. According to the minister, the family had been experiencing many strange events in their suburban Maryland home beginning in January. January 18th. Scratching noises emanated from the house's walls. The bed in which the boy slept would shake violently, and objects such as fruit and pictures would jump to the floor in the boy's presence. Ooh. Ah, the minister described the minister, described as being intensely skeptical, arranged for the boy to spend the night of February 17th in his home. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Not disgusting at oh, all. Okay, we'll just... <clears throat> so, with the boy sleeping nearby in a twin bed, the minister reported that in the dark... He heard vibrating sounds from the bed and scratching walls, scratching sounds on the wall. Okay, continuing the quote, during the rest of the night, he allegedly witnessed some strange events. A heavy armchair in which the boy sat uh, seemingly tilted on its own and tipped over and a pallet of blankets on which the sleeping boy lay inexplicably moved around the room. Curiously, the article described the minister as laughing as he related these incidents to his audience. Uh, He admonished the boy by saying, now look, this is enough of this. (laughs) This is enough of this. This is enough of this. Um, The article ended by saying, the minister called in the family doctor who prescribed phenobarbital, a prescribed drug used to control seizures and relieve anxiety for the whole family. End <laughs> quote. You know what will fix this? Drugs for everyone. That's right. You get drugs. And drugs, get drugs for everyone. <laughs> I don't know much about phenobarbital, but yeah, if they're prescribing drugs in the 40s, Woo. you know, that's you're going to pass out. <laughs> yeah. You aren't going to get much or you're going to get too much done. It just yeah. really depends. <laughs> Like they're giving you heroin or speed. Yeah. Good luck. Have yeah. fun. Have fun. Figure it out. So, my friends, those supposed events took place in 1949. 
decades before any horror film or Zach Bagans was in the pub- public consciousness. Fuck yeah, Zach Bagans. Yeah. So this spooky shit seemingly came out of nowhere, and the public wanted more. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. So Washington, D.C.'s paper, The Evening Star, quote, followed up with the post-scoop post with an uncredited article that... This, okay, I can do this again. I'm going to do it. You ready? We got this. Got we got <clears> this. <throat> Washington, D.C.'s paper, The Evening Star, quote, followed up the the post-scoop with an uncredited article later that evening on August 10th, 1949, titled, Minister Tells Parapsychologists Noisy Ghost Plagued Family. I like how we're calling the ghost noisy. Noisy ghost. Lol. (laughs) Continuing the quote, the stars stars account differed from the posts in that the family was referred to as Mr. and Mrs. John Doe and their 13-year-old son as Roland Doe. It also described their house as a one-and-a-half-story home in the Washington suburb and refers to the events as the strange story of Roland and his poltergeist. The article tells of the talk given by the minister before the Society of Parapsychology and recounts his experiences with the boy. The minister told the reporter that Roland had made two trips to a mental hygiene clinic and that during an earlier trip to the Midwest, the boy had been subjected to three different rites of exorcism by three different faiths, Episcopal, Lutheran, and Roman Catholic. One quick pause. The thought of a mental hygiene clinic, that must be just like an institution. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think it's interesting that they call it a mental hygiene clinic. That sounds like something an Instagram model (laughs) would go to for like a bath. I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) Or some yoga. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Once once they find out about it, they'll they'll bring it back. Yeah, Yeah. let's do it. Uh, the article quoted Richard C. Darnell, president of the society, as saying that Dr. J.B. Rhine, director of the parapsychology laboratory at Duke University, called the so-called haunting the most impressive manifestation he has heard of in the poltergeist field. Ooh. The article ended with the minister saying that things have actually calmed down in the household for, for the last two months. End quote from strangemag.com. Now, Dr. Marissa, do you think that was enough to quench the inquisitive thirst of the public? 100% no. Uh, (laughs) 100% no. I have seen a lot of horror movies, and I realize the public at that time hadn't seen very many. Yeah. Um, And coming from someone who's seen a lot of horror movies, I need to see this through. So I can't imagine someone who's not used to them being like oh my god is this my first experience with horror i need to know that's why there's i need to know more that's why there's like 10 paranormal paranormal activity movies yeah that's why there's so many uh what else because we can't conjuring films saws yeah oh my god there's five thousand conjuring movies there is a conjuring universe that's what it's called (laughs) so yeah so you can imagine we need to sell more papers. Yeah. So, my friends, all through the month of August, practically daily, articles were published detailing the horrifying moments of Roland's supposed possession over the year. Dr. Marissa, according to Maya Young of The Guardian, what had escalated? Let's, let's fucking dive in. All right, quote, The family eventually sought the help of uh, William Bowdern, a Jesuit who conducted more than 20 exorcism rituals on Roland in the span of three months. I thought it was going to be in his life, but it was just on Roland. Um, (laughs) Writing in his diary on March 10th, 1949, 
Bowder noted how Roland entered a trance-like state as 14 witnesses watched during one of his exorcisms. There was a, uh, quote, scratching, which beat out a rhythm of marching soldiers. Uh, a second relic of St. Margaret Mary was thrown on the floor. Uh, the safety pin was opened, but no one uh, no human hand had touched the relic. Uh, quote, Roland started up in fright when the relic was thrown down. Uh, Bowdern wrote, the boy uh, was then relocated to St. Louis, Louis uh, to be treated for demonic possession. So that's where you go, St. Louis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that was one of the most interesting sentences I've ever said. Um, yeah, you, are you having <laughs> demonic possession? St. Louis. Problems go to St. Louis. They'll treat you there. That's the word <laughs> they all, used here. It's on the state flag. <laughs> uh, it's on the state flag. That We're not even close to done. There's more. Uh, quote, it seems that whatever force was writing the words was in favor of making the trip to St. Louis. Bowdern wrote, so not only uh, do you want to go to treat your demons there, your demons want you to go there to yeah. treat yeah, yeah, you there. there. A, va yeah. a vacation. Nice vacation. A vacation from, I don't know, <laughs> uh, demon stuff. Okay, quote, on one evening, the word Lewis was written on the boy's ribs in deep red scratches. Next, uh, when there was some question of the time of departure, the word Saturday was written plainly on the boy's hip. Mm -hmm. uh, as to the length of time the mother and the boy should stay in St. Louis, another message was printed on the boy's chest three and a half weeks. I mean, this demon knew exactly what they wanted. It's, it's almost a relief. Yeah. I I mean, I wish my like demons would tell me. Yes. What, how long are you staying? How, how long am I going to have to eat Indian food in bed? What? Tell me. Um, okay. The Continuing the quote, the printing always appeared without any motion uh, on the part of the boy's hands. End quote. Because mm -hmm. the demon was efficient. Totally efficient. Yeah. So, my friends, this fresh hell ended with one final report, published in late August by the paper that had started it all, the Washington Post. In an article titled, Priest Frees Mount Rainier Boy Reportedly Held in Devil's Grip, Priests allegedly performed 20 to 30 more exorcisms. Oh, God. Causing the boy to, quote, break into violent tantrums of screaming, cursing, and voicing of Latin phrases, end quote. I mean, if exorcisms are anything like what I have seen yeah. on in the movies, just from the priest standpoint, if someone made me lie in a bed tied up and, and like, said religious stuff to me, I would get pretty violent pretty pissed especially if you did that 20 times demon <laughs> or not i'm not like denying the demonic possession here but just as a person with no demon in me i would get pretty mad and i would also be like uh i wonder what the demon wants we should check my stomach um they might have written something there i felt a kind of a burning oh they said to go to a different state <laughs> how weird you want to know for a long, uh, a good month? Yeah, uh, Hawaii. They want they want to go to Hawaii. Go so to Hawaii. I think yeah. we need to go there <laughs> to solve all of the problems. Again, it could be a demon, but also the boy. <laughs> that might be the only like place the boy knew of that was like away from the priests. Right. 
There you I think go. the priests are scary, but that's so, just me. I get it. I totally, totally get it. So eventually, one priest landed the final holy blow, if you will, and knocked the devil out or some shit. Yeah. Uh, it was all over, just like that. Cool. The public could breathe a sigh of relief. But my friends, the boy, Roland Doe, whose real name was Ronald Edwin Hunkeler. Oh, yes. I've gone down a hole yeah. for this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've looked up some ah. exorcist origins, but it's been a while since I went down that hole. Ah. So. All right. Uh, let me know if this jogs any memory of anything. Well, let do. me know. Uh, so he lived a double life from that point on, constantly worried his real identity would be leaked. Quote, on Halloween, we, would alway, we always left the house because he figured someone would come to his residence and know where he lived and never let him have peace. Aww. A friend who asked not to be named told the New York Post. Uh, continuing the quote, he had a terrible life from worry, 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 she added. Understandably. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's sad as fuck. But right now, we're going to celebrate Hunkler because this guy, get this, Spent 40 years as a NASA engineer. How cool. Yeah. How fucking cool. He's not going to get let any demons or priests keep him down. He's <laughs> literally doing space stuff. Literally. Uh, his work contributed to the Apollo space missions of the 1960s. So cool. He helped create the fucking technology that allowed space shuttle panels to withstand extreme heat. Oh my God. There's yes. all kinds of metaphors or jokes to be made about hell and whatnot but how cool so fucking incredible that's right the kid who inspired the exorcist helped get us to the fucking moon so round of applause thank you ronald well done uh hunkler died in 2020 a month before his 86th birthday after suffer after suffering a stroke at home in marriottsville maryland so Aww. hunky hunk this episode is dedicated to you and uh please Tell Poole, tell Poole Joel's anus we said uh, hello. Yes. Oh, my God. I hope they're both hanging out in whatever afterlife our listeners believe in right. or not believe in. I don't know. The end. <laughs> I hope they're both haunting something. Yes. Together please. or separately. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Tag teaming. Yes, please. Oh, my God. Moving stuff. Moving stuff. Mm-hmm. Creeping Farting people over out. there. Making noises. Mm-hmm. Aw. <laughs> We we want to see this buddy movie. We I, need to I see, really do. We need to see this Netflix. Buddy movie. Get on it. Your yeah. content well, lately has been shit. That's right. We need <laughs> a ghost buddy movie. Yes. Um, Where is it? A fartomaniac and uh, the exorcist boy. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll work on that. Yes. In the meantime, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about this guy's asshole. I'm yeah. sure they want to hear about it. Oh, yeah. And please <laughs> stay interesting. Please, please do.